Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves by studying His Word. David and Kay Arthur are coming to Brantford, Ontario this September. We want to invite you to join us at Central Baptist Church on September 6th and 7th for a two-day conference that you won't want to miss. David and Kay will be bringing a timely message on holding fast through suffering and trials using the book of 1 Peter. Registration is open and tickets are going fast. The cost for this conference is only $79, and with a limited number of seats available, you will want to register soon. Register online on our website or by calling our office at 877-234-2030. Has your life been changed by inductive Bible study? Why not invite someone to learn the inductive method by taking part in one of our many workshops happening across Canada? Interested in hosting a workshop in your church? Contact our events team today by emailing training at preceptministries.ca and bring the transforming power of God's Word to your community. Four years ago, we started to pray and ask God to provide a facility that would allow Precept to have larger classrooms to fill with students studying the Bible each week. In the summer of 2018, God opened the floodgates of blessing and provided Precept with a beautiful building that met all of our requirements. In February, we launched our Thrive Building Campaign to help meet the financial needs of this new building. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with us? You can find out more information about the Thrive Building Campaign as well as watch a video tour of our new facility by visiting us online at www.preceptministries.ca slash thrive. Together, we can engage more people in relationship with God through knowing His Word. To stay up to date with everything happening at the ministry, visit us online at preceptministries.ca or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hello, everyone. It's Mark Sheldrake here with Derek Kimink, and this is Unlocking the Truth podcast. It's an exciting week as this is our final week of the Journey to the Cross podcast. Hope you've been enjoying uh, the last couple weeks as we've been talking through the final days of Jesus' life. Uh, good to have you here again, Derek. Well, it's nice to, nice to be here and to be able to talk about, um, you know, we're coming into Holy Week. Um, you know, we're going to be going to church on Friday, and we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, Jesus coming in, and, and then... Um, you know, we're going to talk about his death and, and his resurrection. So it's a it's a good um, a good point in in the year for us. I remember a YouTube video that came out a few years ago. I showed it in my church, and uh, I showed it on Friday, of course, on Good Friday. And uh, the YouTube video, I can't remember the title of it. If you if you listeners want to look it up, you could. But basically, it was Sunday's coming, mm-hmm. and it would have this really deep billowing drum and. It was very dark, and of course, going through Jesus' death, and but but Sunday's coming, and that uh, it's just a, an amazing video to think about uh, when it comes to Easter. Um, even my pastor was saying this uh, this past Sunday, in setting up his um, Easter week sermon series. He was like, uh, "The significance of Easter. We put all of this focus mm-hmm. on Christmas, you know, everything about the birth of Jesus, but." Christmas is only a setup to allow the very fact for Easter to happen. Yeah. So you you can't have 
Easter, you can't have death, burial, and resurrection without the birth of Jesus Christ. Yeah, the only reason that Christmas is so special is because of what happens at Easter. Absolutely. One of the most important days in the calendar year is really Good Friday mm -hmm. and Resurrection Sunday. And uh, last year, uh, for you listeners out there, I had, I think, which will be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I don't know if I'll ever have this opportunity again. And Easter will forever be changed for me because of um, being in the garden tomb on Easter Sunday mm -hmm. morning at a sunrise service, sitting there. And what was so cool about it is not that we had to line up an hour before the sun rose, yeah. but we got to go into the garden and uh, Jessica and myself and our Israel tour group were all sitting in um, the lower seats facing this empty tomb. Mm. The stone rolled away, abandoned front, yet all the talking was happening somewhere else. It didn't matter. You were just staring at this open tomb, this sort of black door. Mm -hmm. You couldn't see anything inside it and you knew that it was empty. Yeah. And then we started to sing songs like in christ alone mm -hmm. you know but what was really neat i felt like it was a little slice of heaven because all around us we had people from india we had people from well the middle east we had people from united states france all these different languages and yet every single person speaking in their very different language singing the same mm. song mm -hmm. in their own language. So we were singing in English, they were singing in their languages, and you could hear that the obviously the tune was the same, but all the words were different. Yeah. And you'd, you'd look around and you'd see all of these different people and di different ethnic backgrounds and cultural backgrounds with their hands raised, and you knew that you only had one thing in common. Yeah. And the thing that you had in common was that you were there to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus yeah, Christ. Amazing. One time, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I would love to go back and, and do that. But uh, to even sit there. And on Good Friday, we had communion in the garden wow. tomb. Uh, but to be, be there, I think, might be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity mm -hmm. to spend that uh, whole holy week in Jerusalem and participate in that. And so uh, what about you, Derek? What's special for you at Easter? Well, when I, when I think about Easter, um, <clears throat> I think about the times that uh, I've, been, I've been blessed to, to be a pastor, to be able to, uh, to remind people to speak about uh, the truth of Easter, about, about the resurrection. Uh, I think one of my favorite memories about Easter was our first uh, Easter in Yellowknife. Uh, the tradition was that we did a sunrise service on top of Pilate's Monument. You've, you've been there, Mark. Yeah. Um, Easter in Yellowknife is incredibly cold. <laughs> this was an early Easter. And the tradition was that the newest pastor in town was the one who led that service. So my first, uh, my first Easter in Yellowknife, I was leading the service. My parents were able to come up for it. Um, but it was probably minus 40. Um, <laughs> it was a quick service, um, but it was a great opportunity to gather with, with people of, um, in different denominations. Um, you know, we, we didn't always agree on everything, but um, that was one time in the year when we made a point of, of getting together 
and of remembering the, the thing that we do have in common, that we, that we serve uh, our risen Savior in Jesus Christ. So be, to be able to, uh, to be up there uh, first thing in the morning, uh, yeah, it was cold, um, but it was, it was a great time to be able to, uh, to bring the message of the gospel um, in, in a, a pretty unique um, environment. You know why they always had the pastor who was new go and do that, right? Because they didn't know any better to stand exactly. on the top of a mountain. Yeah, in the freezing cold. In the freezing wind chill yeah. and go there. I mean, yes, I've been up there, and I haven't been up in minus 40, maybe no. minus 20. Yeah. It's still cold. It's still there. cold, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty cool to be able to do that. And I do love the idea of this sunrise service and really setting that mm -hmm. standard for the whole day. And we've talked about this before on here, that Easter... Uh, certainly has become a worldly mm -hmm. focus as well with everything um, within the stores of purchasing yeah. Cadbury this and yeah. chocolate that and and you know what's under the what what did the Easter bunny leave behind mm -hmm. and we're, we're forgetting the greatest gift at all that we don't want to forget it that has yeah. come out of and that is uh, forgiveness of sins uh, sacrifice once for all and uh, through Jesus Christ and his blood. And so we want to pick up where we left off. If you mm -hmm. remember uh, last week, we, we left off and Jesus had just gone through some of the worst suffering mm -hmm. for, uh, for the purpose of sacrifice that he um, was scourged and he was beaten. Last week we talked about that, that scourging and that whip that would kind of just wrap around uh, the body of mm -hmm. the person being uh, scourged, and then as it wrapped, the glass shards and whatever was on that whip would stick into the body of the of the person being scourged. And then, as they pulled that whip away to um, get ready for the next lash, it would just rip the flesh mm -hmm. right right off. And so Jesus, you know, blood being shed in that praetorium. And then what do they do? They strap this cross mm -hmm. to his back and they, you know, just the, just the cross beam, they'd strap, strap yeah. to his back and then he would carry that, um, that beam all the way to Golgotha or Calvary. And then when we left off, Jesus had just been um, nailed to the cross. Yeah. And risen up. So that brings us up until Matthew chapter 27. We'll just look quickly at, you know, verse 27 and through before we come to these miracles that occurred on the cross. Verse 27 Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium, gathered the whole Roman cohort around him. They stripped him, put a scarlet robe on him after twisting together a crown of thorns. They put on his head and reed in his right hand. They knelt down before him and mocked him, say, saying, Hail the king of the Jews. They spat on him. They took the reed and began to beat him on the head with it. They mocked him. They took the scarlet robe off, put on his own garments back on, and led him away to crucify him. And we see all of that, that mockery happening. Now you've got these thieves who are these robbers, Derek. And why don't you tell us the conversation that's happening between Jesus and the robbers on the cross. <clears throat> yeah, so it's a, it's an interesting picture that we see of of our Savior Jesus Christ, who is who is hanging on the cross, but he's not 
up there alone uh, on each side of him. Um, Matthew calls them robbers that were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And people were, were kind of walking by throughout the day and, and they would take an opportunity to, to insult, to hurl insults at these men who were hanging on the cross, especially Jesus. Um, they certainly were going to recognize who he was. Um, and they used his own words. You said that you were going to destroy the temple and build it in three days. Uh, if you're going to do that, then why not save yourself? If you're the son of God, come down from that cross. Um, there are others, chief priests, scribes, uh, people who, who should have known who Jesus was who are doing the same thing. And, uh, and then the, the robbers were, were also uh, hurling insults at him. And other parts of scripture tell us that, you know, one of them was, uh, was, was mocking him on the cross. And, uh, and the other one says, don't you see who this is? That, that this is, in fact, the Christ, the Messiah, who, who came to bring salvation. It's very interesting to think about that mocking that Jesus was going through. Mm -hmm. You said you could save yourself, but you couldn't be brought down from the cross. And yet the whole time Jesus knows, like, this is the will from the Father, yeah. that this is going to happen, that I'm going to, you know, this sacrifice is going to be the once and for all sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins for all for all time. And, and uh, yet here they don't get it. Mm -hmm. They're totally missing yeah. the significance of what's happening here. And then that brings us to these miracles. You know, mm -hmm. you set the stage of look at the people. They've they've missed it. Yeah. They've missed the coming of the Son. They've mm -hmm. missed the Messiah. They've missed like again, we've talked about it. Their hate is so strong for him that yeah. they can't see that he's the Son of God. They've gotten their wish for his crucifixion. And then in verse 45. Of Matthew chapter 27 we, we start to see these miracles of the cross and what happens in the time that Jesus dies and so we want to look today five miracles of the cross and uh, that we can celebrate and be thankful for and just show the mighty power of God in mm -hmm. this whole situation now from the sixth hour darkness fell upon the land until the ninth hour at the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying Eli Eli Lama Shabachtani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And for those who were standing there, when they heard it, began saying, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and taking a sponge, he filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave him a drink. But the rest of them said, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in uh, two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks were split, and the tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming up from the tombs. After his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. Now the centurion and those who were with him keeping guard over Jesus when they saw the earthquake and the things that were happening became very frightened and said, truly, this was the Son of God. It's so amazing what we're about to see in these mm -hmm. miracles of the cross. And so first and foremost, let's look at miracle number one. And where do we find miracle number one, Derek? In, uh, in 45, from the sixth hour, um, there was darkness till about the ninth hour. So <clears throat> the light goes out. The, the sun stops shining 
and and this entire uh, region is is uh, is cast into into utter darkness. Um, this this makes me think about uh, in Exodus that first plague that God brought to to Egypt was the same thing was complete darkness. Um, and here it's it's uh, it would have been an incredible thing to to be there to experience. Um, that complete and total darkness. And you, you wonder um, what's going through the minds of those people that are standing around the cross, jeering at him, hurling insults at him, and then all of a sudden, everything just goes black. And it's not like they're inside and someone turned the lights out. The sun stops shining. Uh, so there's something going on here. And this, this begins to, to lend this, uh, this sort of credibility, this understanding that maybe... Maybe this guy uh, is who he says he is. Certainly more than uh, more than what we're treating him to be like. What's crazy is the timing of this. Is that it's not uh, dusk. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the middle of the day, yeah. and the sun uh, completely disappears, and it goes all dark, which would draw attention for some. Be like, oh man, like it was just weather. Mm -hmm. You know, if it was sunny. It's it's springtime there. Mm -hmm. It's it's really nice weather. When we were we were there, it was in the 30s mm -hmm. and uh, sunny and and warm. And then all of a sudden, it goes to uh, complete darkness, which would be the first draw your attention to what what is happening here. Yeah. Miracle number two uh, found in um, verse 51, and so. After Jesus yields up his spirit, and they begin to think whether he's, he's calling for Elijah and waiting mm -hmm. for Elijah to come, uh, when he yields up his spirit, which in the margin of my Bible, I have payment for mm -hmm. sin when he, when he dies. It says, Behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks split. Miracle number two is the tearing of the veil. Mm -hmm. And uh, something to think about in this, have you ever tried to do the game where you try to rip a phone book in two? Yeah. <laughs> it seems like virtually impossible right. to, to do that. I know people try to fight and there's a certain way to do it and, mm -hmm. and you know, where you kind of don't rip it from the binding side, you yeah. rip it from the other side, you try to try to rip it. We're talking about something that didn't catch, you know, the veil didn't catch on something right. at the bottom and then therefore it ripped. It ripped at the top, yeah. at the highest point, and then ripped down to the bottom and fell. Mm -hmm. That's a significant event Absolutely. In, in a miracle. Yeah, there's that, that separation that we once had between, the, that physical barrier between uh, the the holy of holies, the the place where God was meant to dwell, and uh, and that's where um, that was meant to keep us to keep us safe, to keep us separated from God, from ex from from being face to face with His with His absolute holiness, um, that we could not uh, be in the presence of the holiness of God and and live, um, and so something's happening here when Christ dies. That, that that symbol of separation between God and man has has been torn uh, and cast aside. Um, and it's not just what happens physically, but it, that's also what happens spiritually, that we no longer have a barrier between us and our God. 
a new way to enter into the presence of God. Mm -hmm. The other significant aspect I think is really cool, because if it did rip from the bottom up, you know, you think about those um, Pharisees. Mm -hmm. If they were to come and they were to say things like, okay, you know, uh, man did this. Jesus' right. followers yeah. did this. So, yeah, so somebody, when Jesus was on the cross, in between the time he yielded up his spirit, and when what, what they did was they went and ripped the veil from the bottom and up to the top, and yeah. then it fell. But from the top to the bottom clearly indicates that this is God at work mm -hmm. and not man yeah. making this happen to put out quite the quite the show right you know yeah. the other part is how in the world would man flip the light switch yeah exactly know, make the darkness appear yeah. in in the midday yeah well so, and, and the curtain too wasn't just this flimsy little window dressing right it was it was a thick piece of of cloth and fabric that was woven together and so it's not something that could have easily have been uh torn or or, or even cut so so that 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 lends to uh, the fact that this is the hands of God coming in and, and doing this. Yeah. Miracle number three, Derek. What's uh, miracle number three? Um, we've got darkness. We've got the veil being torn. Yeah, and continuing in 51, the earth shakes and, and the rocks split. Um, something's going on here. <laughs> I just keep going back to these people who are standing there jeering at Jesus. We have this darkness, and then all of a sudden the ground starts to shake and the, the rocks split. Um, this makes me think about um, the passage in Romans that talks about the, you know, the whole earth groans. And I think that there is, um, the death of Jesus Christ uh, affects every aspect of existence from, from heaven to earth and even, even into hell, that, that this moment in history uh, is, is so great that even the earth cannot contain uh, what's happening here, that even the earth shakes because this is something that is not supposed to happen. The Son of God, God himself, uh, who has been eternal, is uh, not only just dies, but has, has died and has taken the sin of the world upon him. And so there are, there are uh, this is a physical manifestation of what's going on in the spiritual world that there is now, that the earth cannot even contain it. So it shakes and rocks are, uh, are splitting in two um, at this moment. Again, something major is happening. This isn't just some crazy blasphemer who has, who has died. There's something significant going on here. It's certainly going to be drawing everybody's attention. Can you imagine if you put yourself there at Calvary mm -hmm. and you're at the foot of the cross, Jesus yields his last breath, gives yeah. his spirit up, and he dies. And the moment he dies, you know, there's an earthquake and yeah. rock split. And as a kid, I always would try to split rocks, <laughs> you know, like yeah. throw them on the ground. Can I, can I break it? Yeah. And, and what does that look like? How, you know, that's a significant moment where you're mm -hmm. like, that solid piece of stone yeah. is broken in mm -hmm. two when Jesus passes away. Right. An earthquake occurs, you know. Yeah. Um, the world shaking, and we have science now that says plates rub together mm -hmm. and, and they shake the world. And But this is another significant moment. I think back to 
uh, when I was younger and in the middle of the World Series between the San Francisco Giants and the Oakland Athletics, there was an earthquake that shook the whole stadium and mm -hmm. drew everybody's attention to, like, something's going on here. Yeah. And then you looked at the aftermath of roads and bridges and right. everything collapsing in place, and you've got that significant earthquake event happening right there. So yeah. we've got a couple things. One, we've got two maybe three significant things regarding creation mm -hmm. itself. Yeah. And then we have um, the, t the torn veil. Mm -hmm. So the next miracle, that's miracle number three. The next miracle, I'm just going to go silent and let you address it. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, all, it's all yours. You go, you go right ahead. Yeah. So um, let me read this to you because um, the veil of the temple was torn. Verse 51 and top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. Uh, verse 52, the tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to uh, many. What? <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining in this week, and uh, you can tune in another uh, time when uh, no okay so the event that's happening here in matthew is very interesting but this is the only gospel that this is recorded in. it's not in any of the other gospels that mean doesn't mean that it doesn't have any significance to what happened it's still a very significant event but matthew chose to record it which mm -hmm. is very interesting yeah because this text actually brings about a lot of debate on what this is and where yeah what's going on here so let the main things be the plain <laughs> things, and let's just look directly at what this text says. So first and foremost, we have to understand the timing of this, mm -hmm. is that these people did not come back to life or resurrected until after Jesus had resurrected. Mm -hmm. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, let me read that to you. As John describes Jesus... Uh, he says um, in verse, let me give you verse 4, John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood made us to be a kingdom of priests to his God and Father, to him to be in glory and dominion forever and ever. Jesus is the first. Mm -hmm. So he's the first to be resurrected. He's also, if we look at Colossians, which uh, Colossians 1.15, Colossians 1.15 uh, says he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is the first. Yeah. So it's not like when he died and then he was at that moment when the rocks were split and all that, that, that these people raised from the dead mm -hmm. and started walking around and appearing to many. Right. Christ had to raise up first. Yeah. And when Christ raised up in his uh, resurrected body. Um, many scholars believe that too, these people who came from their tombs, mm -hmm. that rose from their tombs, that they too were risen in their resurrected 
bodies, mm -hmm. but that they didn't spend a long time yeah. on earth. Right. They went into glory yeah. and were in heaven, but they were there so to prove the miracle mm -hmm. of the cross. Yeah. So there's two miracles here. Yeah. Uh, one miracle is that these bodies raised from the dead. They mm -hmm. were in this, you know, sleep that's referred to in, in Thessalonians right. as well. They were, they were dead, mm -hmm. you know, they're, and, but they were raised up at the power of uh, Jesus' mm -hmm. death and resurrection. And then the other um, miracle that comes along with that is they didn't just raise up and go to heaven. Yeah. They went to Jerusalem right. and appeared to many. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, as a pastor, I've always liked to put myself into the story and think about that for a yeah. minute. What would that be like for you to see your loved one mm -hmm. who you know has died and yeah. has been buried, and they suddenly appear mm -hmm. in, the, in the city? Well, and, and not like... Not like a spirit, not like a ghost. Like they walked, they walked into the city. Uh, it it would have been surreal. It would have been, um, you know, it it would have been beyond belief. But but you would have you would have had no choice but to believe. You knew that they were dead, and now they're standing before you, and and they have risen. Uh, and I'm sure the message that they were bringing is that you know we were risen through the power of of a resurrected Christ. Mm -hmm. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. there, there's five miracles that occur within this time frame of Jesus yielding up his last, yielding up his spirit, mm -hmm. and taking his last breath, and between his, his resurrection. Again, darkness fell on the earth. The veil was torn. The earth split or shook and the rocks split. Bodies were raised from the dead. Mm -hmm. And people, and then they appeared to a number of people. I mean, this is so significant. Yeah, even even the the natural order has been not just disrupted, but but reversed. Right, those who were dead are brought back to life. They're they're no longer dead. Uh, and so you again, you see, just like the darkness, it was dark when it wasn't supposed to be. Um, you know, in with the. Um, with the veil being torn in the temple, this was something that was not supposed to be uh, built in a way that it wasn't to be torn or ripped, or it was it was impervious, and yet it, it was torn. Uh, the earth is supposed to be stable. Rocks mm -hmm. are supposed to be solid, and we see them shaking, and we see them splitting, and people who are dead are supposed to be dead. Um, and so the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ upsets the natural order um, in every possible way. And all that's doing is pointing back to the fact that Jesus is exactly who he said he was. That when he was being mocked and jeered, the, the words that they were using, even though they were in a mocking tone, were actually true. You're going to destroy the temple, build it in three days, like to see that happen. But that's what happened. Jesus was destroyed and three days later was risen from the dead. 
um, you know, come down off that cross, save yourself. If you believe in God, if you're the son of God, then he'll save you. And that's exactly what happened. And so it just continues to lend more and more credibility to, to Jesus being the Christ. It's so interesting that all of these things happen in verse 54. You got to, again, put yourself mm -hmm. at, excuse me, at Golgotha and put yourself there and you hear uh, you feel the earth shaking. Mm -hmm. You see the rocks splitting around you. You see there's darkness has fallen upon the earth. Yeah. Uh, you don't see the veil being torn. It, that's, that's a distance away, mm -hmm. the, the temple from where they believe that um, uh, this all happened. But you've got probably some priests in the temple mm -hmm. that are seeing this occur. But you've got this centurion the centurion at the foot of the cross, and it says in verse 54, the centurion and those who were with him keeping guard over Jesus. Okay, so where are they? They're with Jesus. Yeah. They saw him take his last breath. They saw his spirit yielded up. They mm -hmm. saw him yell, God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. And then he died. He, he saw, they saw the conversation that Jesus had with the, with the um, robbers on the mm -hmm. cross. And here now, when they saw the earthquake, and the things that were happening, they became very frightened. And they said, uh, truly, this was the Son of God. So significant yeah. that they went from just mocking like crazy to realizing as these miracles were happening, mm -hmm. things you don't see every day. You don't see darkness in the middle of the day. You yeah. don't see rocks splitting. You don't experience an earthquake every day. And let alone you don't experience that the minute he yields up his spirit. Yeah. And they were like, uh-oh. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he was who he said this he was. This is yeah. truly the son of God. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing to think of what, what happened there. And then if we flip over you know, to Matthew chapter 28, where we'll, we'll wrap up our time, is you think about these high priests and, the, and these Pharisees, they're like, okay, we need a stone rolled over the tomb. We need it big. We need guards there because, mm -hmm. you know, they'll steal the body and they'll say that they're going to resurrect, that Jesus was resurrected. Mm -hmm. Then the next day, what does it say in the beginning of chapter 28? Yeah, after the Sabbath, um, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, there's this new, there's this newness, a new day, a new week. Um, and Mary Magdalene and, and the other Mary come to look at the grave and behold, a severe earthquake had occurred for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothes as white as snow. The guard shook for fear of him and became like dead men. So uh, again, we have this, uh, this incredible miracle that's happening here. Um, they come to the grave to just to check on it to see how uh, you know they're they're paying their respects. This was a man that they that they grew to love. They had tremendous respect for, and uh, we see that there is another earthquake, um, and the earthquake is caused by this angel appearing and rolling the stone away. And it's not like these women just saw it and said, this, this is what happened. There's, there's, no, there's no way that they could be lying about it. In verse four, we see that the guard shook from fear of him and became like dead men. They, they passed out. They were so full of fear 
um, that they went, they went unconscious. They became like dead men. And the angel says to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, just as he said. Come see the place where he was lying. Go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead, and he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And they run and they go and tell the disciples what they saw. It's absolutely amazing. Jesus... He came from heaven. He became he came man. He showed flesh. John tells us that we saw the glory of God through Jesus, that he was obedient to the cross. He was put on the cross. He was sacrificed once, once and for all sin. And then he was buried for three days and then he rose again. I always go back and even if I teach a workshop or I'm preaching a sermon or mm-hmm just discussing with people. I always go back to how much the Holy Spirit has to work in an individual to understand, truly understand the gospel. Mm -hmm. Because if you put the plain facts on paper and you think about the gospel as it is, let me just give you that again as the straight facts, okay? God sent his son from heaven to earth, Mm -hmm. born as a baby in a manger. He was sinless through his entire life. Never did anything wrong, never felt a temptation. And then God put his son on the cross. Do you know there's no other religion where God sacrifices himself mm-hmm. for the love of, for the other people. So Jesus goes on the cross. He dies. He's buried for 3 days. And then he raises from the dead. Mm-hmm. Now, just the facts of that, you think about this. A man died, buried three days, raised again. We do not see that. Mm-hmm. It's hard for us to fathom that this could happen. Now, add to the fact that God did it mm-hmm. because he loves you. Now you've got the straight facts out. It's really hard to believe yeah. that that would occur without the Holy Spirit softening your heart to the mm-hmm. very fact of your desperate need for a savior without that it's an unbelievable story yeah it's like that tale of the fisherman almost where mm-hmm. they tell you the fish was this big and they only use one arm yeah like the facts of it are like i can't fathom that being true mm-hmm. without the holy spirit doing a work in yeah. my life and paul in first corinthians 15 he lays out the gospel he lays out the fact that jesus after he rose from the dead he appeared to many people Mm-hmm. But he said that if none of this were ever to have really happened, then my preaching is in vain. Mm-hmm. You know, that I've dedicated my life to teaching about Jesus Christ, the gospel, and yet it's all in vain if it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. There is no resurrection from the dead. There is no salvation from sin if it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And yet the fact is, we've seen through the miracles of the cross that it did happen. So the challenge then for us as we celebrate Easter this weekend Mm -hmm. is that we remember the importance of the gospel. Absolutely. That we remember that when we're sitting at the dinner table with our family who's not saved, Mm -hmm. that even though we say a prayer for the meal, we stop and we think to ourselves, 
this is an opportune time to share why we're together. Mm -hmm. It's all because of the gospel and that it really happened. In our preparation of Holy Week, Father, may your spirit soften the hearts of those that are around me to receive the gospel, to receive the unbelievable, totally believable story of Jesus Christ. And so I think, Derek, that's our prayer that we have, is that you would have the courage to go out and share the gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, before Jesus left this earth, he said, that's the job I want you to do. Yeah. Go and make disciples, teaching them to observe all that I commanded. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we can do now on this side of the cross, is take this gospel message, put it in the hands of the people who need to hear it most, and pray that the Holy Spirit will soften their heart and bring them to the point of salvation and the knowledge that they need a Savior as they journey to the cross mm-hmm. and beyond into life. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the time that you've given us to spend uh, over the last three weeks as we journey to the cross, Lord, and to think all the things that Jesus went through in his earthly life to, to bring to the point of being that sacrifice on the cross, scourged, beating, mocked, spit at, just treated in no way as a, a kingly manner, no respect given at all for, for who he was, uh, on earth you are Lord and yet when he defeated death on the cross he gained all the glory and honor that uh, he had when he returned uh, to you Lord and father I think of uh, his final prayer in John 17 when he said glorify me uh, as I glorify you and father through his actions that he um, glorified you by being obedient and you glorified him by bringing him into his presence and father we know that jesus will one day again return to this earth and it will be in a totally different and complete way where he will bring judgment for those uh, who have yet to come to salvation so the goal that we have this easter is to pray for our loved ones to share the gospel and be ready to present it and have the courage to do so at any moment to share what you've done in our lives. So we pray for salvations over Easter weekend, that people would would come to uh, believe the gospel in a way they have never done before. In your name we pray. Amen. For more information on Precept Ministries Canada, visit us online at www.preceptministries.ca or call us at 877-234-2030.